This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. And welcome back to Vancouver Consumer. I'm Sterling Fox. In just a few moments, John Carlson returns with a fresh Vancouver market real estate update and lots more on the 1% Realty Story. But first, here are some more of the top consumer stories we're following this week. BMW said on Tuesday it would recall more than 1 million additional diesel cars. That's 1 million cars, citing a problem with the exhaust system that in extreme cases can cause a fire. In some diesel vehicles, glycol cooling fluid can leak from a faulty component, which can combine with other substances in the system to create the fire risk, said BMW, adding it was contacting sellers who would in turn get in touch with owners of the affected vehicles to arrange for a checkup. The exhaust recirculation module will be checked, and if there's a fault, the parts will be exchanged. BMW had in August announced a recall for Europe and some Asian countries of over 480,000 vehicles affected by the same problem and issued an apology in South Korea after 30 cars caught fire there this year. It said on Tuesday it had checked more diesel models and identified a minimal risk of fire in some of them. The latest recall brings the total number of cars affected to some 1.6 million around the world. Consumer Reports issued its annual car reliability survey this week and North American brands didn't do very well at all. The survey involved over 500,000 readers who ranked their vehicles by the number of complaints or problems they had with their cars, and problems with fuel efficiency technology are causing the most headaches, even more than entertainment options or voice recognition issues. The survey used data from previous years to predict the reliability of new vehicles coming on market in 2019 and found Lexus and Toyota at the top of the list. Next are Mazda, Subaru, Kia, Infiniti, Audi, BMW, Mini, and Hyundai to round off the top 10. Volvo had the Consumer Reports' worst reliability, followed by Cadillac, Tesla, Ram, and GMC. Korean or other Asian brands took seven of the top 10 spots. Lots more, by the way, at ConsumerReports.com. Oh, and as long as we're talking reliability, there's news this week that over 100 years after the first and, well, only voyage of the original, there's a new Titanic being built in China by an Australian entrepreneur to carry passengers on that fateful route, and it will be ready by 2022. As was the case originally, the replica Titanic will carry just over 2,400 passengers and 850 crew from Southampton to New York in first, second, or third-class cabins, just like the movie, too. The first voyage, however, will begin in Dubai, not England, but subsequent trips will repeat the original route. No word of the cost, but it won't be cheap. And now, if this is not quite what you're after for a Titanic, experience, there's a company called Ocean Gate that will soon take you on a deep dive down to the ship in a submarine for a cost of 105,000 U.S. dollars. The fascination continues. It appears that natural gas pipeline explosion near Prince George is going to be a problem for us for some time to come. Fortis announced this week our supply is going to be limited for, to anywhere from 50 to 80 percent of normal levels for the foreseeable future, and that 
That includes the winter months ahead. Fortis expects all the repairs to be finished by mid-November, but the lines will only be running at 80% capacity. Fortis is trying to arrange for more supply, but the gas company is asking us to continue with reducing our consumption efforts. And those include turning down the thermostat, taking shorter showers, and making smarter use of the dishwasher and the laundry machines. And we'll keep you posted about changes in the natural gas supply, too. Those are some more of the week's top consumer stories. We'll check out some more even later in the hour. Coming right up is John Carlson with the 1% Realty Take on Vancouver Real Estate. Stay with us. You're listening to Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. And welcome back to Vancouver Consumer this Saturday afternoon. I'm Sterling Fox, joined by John Carlson, Personal Real Estate Corporation from 1% Realty. Nice to see you again, John. Thanks, Sterling. Great to be here again. Well, it's good to have you with us, and it's been quite an eventful week. And I'm not talking about stuff south of the border. I'm talking about right here in the Great White North with yet another interest rate increase announced by the Bank of Canada just a few days ago on Wednesday. Another quarter point. Banks uh, up their mortgages another little bit. All of which is sort of, it's all been predicted. We've talked about this for many, many weeks. It's all coming and it is materializing. How's it affecting the marketplace from your day-to-day perspective? Well, I mean, there's a lot of changes that have been taking place in the market in the last uh, months and, of course, couple of weeks. And the interest rate change is just one of them. I think, you, you know, uh, having a measured response to it's important. The rates are still pretty low, mm-hmm. uh, historically speaking. But I think the Bank of Canada has clearly signaled that interest rates will be on the rise. And, uh, you know, in addition to the stress test that they introduced to kind of calm the market a little bit, yep. these these are having some some changes, uh, having some influences, some changes in the real estate market that I think if you're buying a selling up or selling a home, you probably want to be aware of. Right. And, and, and uh, it's interesting you would mention calming the market because the two factors that we've already just talked about with the interest rate increase by the Bank of Canada and by the big five Canadian banks and everybody else in the game. But there are also other elements that have been introduced into the real estate marketplace in British Columbia by the local British Columbia government. Yes. And, and those are a few taxes and, and disincentives, if you will. Are you seeing measurable consequences from those activities? I think so. And it's hard to pick out any one particular policy or change and, and measure how much impact that one has right. in, in, in and of itself. But you're right. There's the federal government and they've introduced the, the stress test. By the way, on the record, I think it's a, a good concept. It's a good idea uh, to maybe uh, put the brakes a little bit on the, the, the rampant spending and, and people extending themselves maybe a little bit further than they should, given that interest rates generally tend to go up once, uh, you know, eventually. Yeah. And we're seeing that now. So, you know, that has had its effect in terms of limiting the number of buyers who can afford to purchase in any certain price range. And then, you know, also maybe just limiting each particular you know, buyer who needs a mortgage in terms of how much they can spend. The provincial government has also introduced some measures. Yeah. And, uh, you know, those things uh, like the taxes and, and these other things we've talked about a million times. I think they have uh, an effect on uh, on the perception of buyers in the market. And perception is very key when it comes to a market, whether it's a stock market or the real estate market. Sure. If buyers are under the impression that there are forces that will be continuing to bring the market down, then a lot of buyers who are discretionary buyers, if you don't have to buy today, you might be thinking to yourself, maybe I'll wait. Maybe I'll see what happens. And I think that that's a big part of the stats when they came out for, you know, recently that showed the September market was about 40% down in terms of the number of sales right. compared to the previous year, which was a high year. Mm-hmm. To me, that means it doesn't mean that 
there's nobody that wants to buy in Vancouver anymore. It just means that people have kind of stepped out of the game for a little while to see how these changes are going to affect the market. And we do have the provincial government has introduced various measures. And I think they've made it clear that if these measures don't have the desired effect, there are other measures that they can introduce. Right. So I'm not predict, uh, predicting any sort of a crash. Uh, again, like a good stock, the Vancouver stock market is something that you know people have a lot of interest in. And once prices go to a point where uh, a significant number of buyers say, hey, I'm jumping back in, then then the market balances itself. It's not a terrible market, but we're down from the all-time highs, and sure. we're definitely adjusting. Right. Well, of course, and the all-time highs, that was life in the stratosphere for a few years in Metro Vancouver and in the greater Toronto area, the two major markets in Canada for real estate. Those conditions were insane, if you don't mind my saying so. And, I mean, a lot of people profited handsomely from it. But, John, those that kind of stratospheric existence is not sustainable indefinitely, and I think we're pretty much done with it for the moment. At least it's not to say we'll never go there again, but hopefully we'll have learned some lessons along the way. Well, yeah, for the moment that that, you know, upward push is over Uh, again, long term uh, real estate in greater Vancouver and Fraser Valley is is positive. I mean, there's lots of people who want to live here, but uh, I think a lot of people are relieved. I mean, a lot of realtors are to an extent, too, that maybe the craziness has subsided and you can represent a client. I I can now meet somebody and they say, hey, John, I want to sell my house. I'd like to buy another house. I'm upsizing. I'm downsizing. Let's talk about this process. Well, in a market like this, we can have a pretty good discussion and say, okay, well, here's your options. You might want to sell first and have a longer completion date to give you time to look, or you might want to write an offer subject to the sale of your house. There are all kinds of different ways that you can do it. Whereas when the market was crazy, I mean, it was pretty much jump in and start swimming and let's see what happens. I mean, it, it, it was a little bit tougher. So yes, there are changes. Yes, the market has come down across the board in terms of pricing. Some segments much higher than others. Right. Uh, but on the other hand, it's returning to a much more balanced market where, hey, maybe you sell for a little bit less, but maybe you're buying again and you, you pay a little bit less when you buy. Maybe you have a little bit more time to make a good decision for yourself, or maybe you have more options to take a look at, and, and it's just a more comfortable process. We just had municipal elections across British Columbia, and here in Vancouver, the city has also got into the act in terms of measures, empty homes, taxes, and so on. That's a municipal measure, but it's interesting. It, in pretty much every corner of the province, housing affordability was a big issue in terms of the, the candidates and, and the chatter. They don't, a, a local municipal politician doesn't have a lot of influence on the marketplace, but it's certainly front and center for people who live in Metro Vancouver. Regardless of what corner of, of the lower mainland you live in, everybody's concerned about housing affordability, especially, I would think, people who call you out of the blue after hearing you on the radio and say, well, we're about to take the plunge. We want to buy our first home. Home. Yes. It's got to be a little tougher these days for that crowd, or is it? Not as tough as it was last year. Okay. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, I mean, anytime you're, you're, if you're a first time buyer, uh, you want to make sure you have a good mortgage broker, you understand the environment you're operating in. Hopefully, a good agent can help you identify areas that you might want to buy in and strata properties that might be better than some others and all sure. that sort of stuff. So. Uh, you know, every generation has its own uh, uh, challenges, and I think every generation of uh, people in the market, buyers and sellers, will have their own challenges to deal with in the market. And I think a big key is find an agent that you can trust that knows the market well enough to help you make good decisions and is prepared to walk you through that process from beginning to end. And that's what I offer. Right. And of course, I think it's important because he's not going to bother telling you, so I will. Uh, our friend John Carlson is a member of the President's Club, and that is uh, indicative of having performed in the top 1% of all 
Realtors in Metro Vancouver in the Fraser Valley. He was in the President's Club last year, and that was not his first membership either. He's been there a few times before in the industry for over two decades. Now, John, you were talking about about buyers perhaps taking a more of a wait-and-see attitude, trying to figure out how this is all going to wash out. What about sellers? What if you've been sitting on uh, on, a, on a game plan and, you know, uh, it, it, it's supposed to be time now, but gosh, conditions are a little, well, I don't know what to make of them. So do I cancel my game plan? What do you talk to sellers? What do you say to sellers who call you up after hearing you here on CKNW and go, is it the right time to sell my house now or should I wait? You know, that's a great question. And, and the first thing that comes to mind is I just met some former clients that I've known for maybe 20 years. And, uh, you know, to get to, to the answer of your question, after talking to them and listening to what they had to say about their concerns and why they might want to sell versus some of the reasons they might want to stay where they are, and then looking at some options that they might have in terms of reverse mortgages or uh, making a rental suite mm-hmm. or doing all these sorts of things, it comes down to, I would say, first and foremost your personal situation. Do you want to move right now? Is it a good time for you to move? Because you can never predict if the market's you know, going to go up or where the peak is or where the trough is. If you're trying to time the market for that reason, that can be a little bit risky. Sure but I can. said to these past clients of mine, who I like very well, I've known them for a long time, I said, based on what you just told me, I don't know that you're quite ready. All of your options are still open, but you don't have a clear destination where you want to go. Right. The market is not spectacular. Yes, you can sell. Uh, but if... You know, if the market does drop a little bit more, maybe when you buy your next place, you'll also save there. So timing is a very personal thing. The market will do what the market's going to do. Sure. And you need to know that and you need to consider that in your decision. But I wouldn't, you know, I've, I've heard of and seen people and, and they've told me, hey, John, you know, we downsized, we moved to that condo and you know what? It was the wrong thing for us to do. We jumped too soon. We should never have done that. So personal situation. Don't move because the market's good or the market's bad. If it makes sense for you to make a move and you're seriously considering it, give me a call or give another good agent a call. We can talk about all the different things that's going on in the market and maybe help you come to a decision that's the best for you. You want to just take note of this phone number, friends. He's a little busy on the radio at the moment, but it's 604-612-0080. Again, 604-612-0080. Give John Carlson a call. If you're contemplating selling your home... Now, we talked about, I remember asking you, gosh, it would be well about a year ago, maybe even a little longer, John, on this program. Have we hit peak house? Have we reached peak house? And at that time, well, if we're there, we won't know until it's gone by. And so that's a year ago. And I think that we can say that has gone by. But gosh, John, it's still Metro Vancouver. And prices, I mean, people who are selling their homes, generally speaking, are profitingly, handsomely still. Absolutely. Maybe not peak, but oh my gosh, the money's still rolling in. It is kind of funny because I totally relate. If I'm selling a property or a car or something, of course, I want to get what I think is a fair price for it. And right. I think it's human nature to always remember the highs. Oh boy, last year, my neighbor had umpteen number of offers and sold for this much over his list price. Well, you know, that was wonderful. But maybe today we want to look at, you know, what's the environment going to produce likely likely today? So it's it's really uh, easy to remember the all-time highs, but I sometimes will joke with clients and remind them and say, hey, you bought this house 15 years ago. Sure. You paid 300000 You know, your neighbor sold for 1.2, but if I told you you could sell for just over a million 15 years ago, you'd jump for joy. Of so it's, it's a little bit um, uh, relative. Okay, so as far, though, as making the decisions and understanding the changing times, all the more reason to have an experienced 
realtor in your corner. You've seen the hills and the valleys of the business. Prices haven't always gone up since you got in. You've been around too long. Right. So you know what the, what the, what the route looks like when it gets a little difficult to navigate. And it's different now. It is dramatically different from a year ago and uh, two years ago. So all the more reason to be able to put that experience to work for you. I think so. And this really, I think, is very important. And when the market's hot and screaming, of course, you want a good agent to help represent you. But in a market like this, if you think about it, uh, you know, I'm seeing, let's say, in some segments, you might be looking at 10 or 20% of the listings that are on the market are selling. The other ones are kind of hanging around, maybe canceling, relisting at a lower price, right. dropping price. Yeah, you see that on signs sometimes. New <laughs> price on a lawn sign. Now. You do. And it's not a sin to reduce your price and to adjust. It happens all the time. Yep. Uh, but what I'm saying is, in a market where maybe there's a, a smaller supply selling, and a lot of them sitting and the market might be going down. I've seen people position too high and then ride the market down and then still not sell. Where has it had they maybe known the market situation a little bit better? You know, so a good agent who knows the market well, at least, no decision-making here, but at least I might be able to bring to you and say, hey, here's the absorption rate, here's what things are selling for, but here's all your new competition. Right. Price-wise, based on your strategy in terms of how you want to handle this sale, here's kind of the high end, here's the sharp end, what do you want to do, given the nature of what's going on in the market? So you can you can sell, uh, you can price well and, and get it done, but you really probably want to take a very good look at what's going on and have a realistic look at terms of what's selling, what's not selling, and where do you want to be positioned based on your need or desire to to sell in the near future. And th- that comes down to uh, a, an evaluation, John, because uh, if you, for example, are uh, you're sitting on the game plan, everything's still okay, we're still going to sell soon or maybe next week or list tomorrow, Right. but we think we, we want to get X for our property. We've been hoping to get X right. all along. So uh, maybe we haven't had an evaluation for maybe a few months. Right. So how critical is it to even understanding your own game plan, let alone being able to execute it, to have the right current number for the price of your property? It's very important. Positioning is key right now. I'm finding that uh, listings that are not priced particularly well, when I go out with a buyer and we look at maybe eight listings, uh, you know, even if one looks good, but it seems to be priced a little bit high, people tend to kind of in this kind of market, you know, be a little wary of it. You know, we're, we're, we're basically comparison shoppers. And if you have a product and there are maybe 10 or 15 comparable properties out there, and you kind of want to be positioned well so that when people look at all those properties, you're one of the better ones in terms of value. Because sure. let's face it, if you buy a pair of shoes, a coat, a, a car... You look at the product and say, is this right for me? And the second thing is, is it a good time to buy? In other words, is the value right at this time? Right. So these are things you want to think about when you're pricing your home. So again, uh, if you go to the website, johnny1percent.com, there's a button you can click on right there at the top of the page, uh, request an evaluation. And John, that's a great place to start in terms of meeting a new agent, a person who might be able to help you move that property and execute that game plan the way it's always been drawn up. Uh, all the more reason to have someone with the kind of experience and understanding of the changes going on in the market place right now. So check it out, friends. Johnny1percent.com. And the phone number is also on the website in case you missed it at 604-612-0080. This is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. John Carlson from 1% Realty and Sterling Fox with you this Saturday. And we're back with lots more right after the news. 
And welcome back to Vancouver Consumer here on 980 CKNW. I'm Sterling Fox, joined in studio by John Carlson from 1% Realty and Johnny1percent.com. That's the website, friends. Lots of good information on there, including the, well, very attractive 1% Realty price structure. John, in our first hour on the program today, we were joined by Sherry McMillan from McMillan Estate Planning, and uh, she's got a seminar coming up. She's already had one, and there are more on the way. A, a very, very smart woman with a, a very strong idea of how to organize your life and all the good stuff you've worked for, how to protect it. So you, as a professional realtor who's been around the block more than a few times, have handled uh, more than a few estate issues in your day. So are there, is, it, is handling an estate sale any different in terms of the way you do business from a typical transaction or is it a real estate transaction? They're all the same. First of all, great message from Cheryl, and uh, yeah, very timely. It's uh, you know quite common now that that uh, adult children will be looking after the interest of their their parents who may need support or mm-hmm. you know their estate planning and all that sort of stuff. So what a great timely message! And Cheryl does a great job uh, when it comes to real estate. I've actually been involved in quite a number of sales, uh, whether through power of attorney mm-hmm. for a, a parent or a family member who may be uh, in turn or maybe not able to make decisions. A lot of estate type stuff, and and really uh, you know there are some differences, but really it's still it's still a real estate transaction. Sure. I think one of the big decision, uh, one of the uh, the big differences with uh, kind of an estate type sale or a power of attorney sale is you sometimes have a number of family members who are making decisions a- as a group. Sure. And it also uh, can be a time uh, that's a bit of a sensitive time. Of some, course. Sometimes mom or dad, uh, you know, they don't really want to move, but mm-hmm. you know, they're in a position where they need some, some support. Sure. And uh, sometimes that can produce some, you know, some emotions among the family as well. So I think when you're involved in these kinds of transactions, you always have to be mindful, like with any client, but that you are there to serve and you're there to make the process easy. You're there to make them happy and achieve the goals that they want to achieve, all the while advising and giving the best professional advice that you can. So, uh, you know, sometimes they're a little bit more delicate and sometimes they take a little bit more time because family members need to discuss various options or how they want to respond to offers or sometimes they want to talk to mom and dad about it and all that sort of stuff. So at the essence, it's a real estate transaction. You've got a property for sale. You want to come up with a strategy and a price and, and, you know, and, and get it prepared to hit the market. But you also need to, um, you know, prepare more than one person usually for the fact that offers may come in. And, and it's just a, a more delicate process sometimes. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit more about strategy with a seasoned pro like you. Because talking about things a year ago when we were living in the stratosphere, right on the cusp of insanity, uh, you put your house up for sale. And within 15 minutes, there'd be a parade outside, cars parked, uh, uh, making offers. There were no uh, 15 minutes maximum to make a decision, a seven-figure decision. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's pretty nuts, John. So now we don't have that. Now we have houses listed on the market for more than a few hours, in many cases a few weeks, and maybe even a couple of months. So the strategy becomes even more important when you've got the time to and more and buyers who have more time to be critical and to be more comparison shopping oriented. Yes. So how does that change your strategy as a seller in terms of the need for a pro in your corner? What do you what do you what are you more conscious of when you when you in this marketplace environment? 
Well, I think you have to be more conscious of the fact that you need to compete with other listings right. if you want to attract buyers and sell. It is competitive. Yep. Whereas before, it might not have been competitive. You talk about the crazy times and selling in 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then the downside was 15 minutes later, you realized you sold for too less because you're too low because your neighbor just sold for more. No, I'm exaggerating a bit. Right. But it wasn't too much of an exaggeration. Right. And that was your concern in those days. But, but now, I mean, you want to maximize the sale. Most people do. They say, what's the most amount of money I can reasonably get on the market? And again, it depends on the segment you're in. Uh, but buyers, by and large, are comparison shoppers. So you identify what do you offer that's your strengths? What do you want to lead with? And you're never going to, you don't have to sell a house to everybody. You'll never please everybody. But for someone who maybe wants a top floor corner unit that's away from things, that's near a certain area like Coquitlam Center. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, I've got a new listing. I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. Okay. Uh, but, you know, those, those are your strengths. And you may lead with those sorts of things, but you also have to know, hey, how many other units are like this? What are buyers' other choices that they can look at? And then you look at yourself and say, okay, what's my timeline? Am I okay taking some time and seeing what happens or do I need to sell in a certain period of time? So there's more to it than that, but those, it really comes down to money and timing and then putting your best foot forward. Do you want to look good on MLS, good photos, good descriptions, availability to show, right. all kinds of things just to make it sound good, look good, polish that apple, get it looking great, and uh, and, and we'll take care of it for you. Well, here's, uh, and you were just talking about a, a, a property in Coquitlam, and we happen to have a, a couple of words from one of John's clients, Rick, who had a property in Coquitlam, had as in past tense, and uh, here's Rick to tell us the story. Uh, well, it was pretty basic. I needed to sell my uh, my condominium in Coquitlam. Um, I needed someone. Obviously, I needed a realtor, so I just uh, googled for the, the a low cost a low cost realtor at one percent. His name came up. I texted him uh, a couple of questions. He answered right away. We met, and uh, I was really comfortable with him. And uh, he's now now my realtor. Uh, excellent. He's uh, knowledgeable. Uh, he knows his stuff. Um, we only briefly discussed, uh, you know, uh, costing of it and um, uh, and what I would need to do to stage it or anything like that. And uh, he, we put it on the market, and I believe it took two days to sell. So I'm quite happy. <laughs> I can't see anything that a a non one percent realtor would have been able to do better than uh, than. Just- there's uh, Rick and Coquitlam just uh, t- what was, what, it's two days. Now that is unusual. And we've been talking about how, how different the market is. And it, he puts the lie to both of us because you, you sold his property in two days. Tell us the story. Well, of course. And when the market is still a, a good market, you can still sell. And Rick, thank you for choosing me to work with you. Uh, I didn't know Rick a long time. Haven't known him yet. This is all very recent. We right. just had conditions removed. Oh, uh, I, and I have to say, uh, Ben and I are usually tickled when someone comes on and says, you know, we heard him on the radio. And yes. so we just had a call. Well, in Rick's case, he he found you courtesy of a Google search. True. I think Rick, meeting Rick, great to work for him. He's very to the point. He called me out. He'd done his homework. He knew about some other listings in his building. And uh, we talked a little bit about price and strategy. And Rick made a decision that he wanted to meet the market where it was at. Right. So we priced uh, well. I mean, we priced right on the number, I think. And, you know, we, we fielded a couple of low offers, but then we got the list price. And it happened very quickly. So thank you, Rick. Uh, you know, Rick probably saved, you know, this is a, this is a one-bedroom condo in Coquitlam. Okay. It's in the three hundred and thirty thousand dollar range type 
type area. So the savings about 5,000, which is about a 40% savings in commission. So uh, I'm glad that Rick is happy. And it's always good to know that, uh, that people are happy with the results. Well, you know, it's interesting that you talk about savings and we'll talk more about the 1% business model now because you do offer part the integral to the 1% realty business model is the ability of every 1% realtor to deliver savings to sellers. And, and I should clarify, when I say that he saved money, uh, he told me he'd talk to other agents sure. and they charged what seven and two and a half, mm-hmm. something like that. So based on that, I mean, all commissions are not the same. I mean, there are there are various, but but by and by and large, the seven percent of the first hundred thousand, two and a half percent is what a lot of agents will charge. And compared to that, I, I generally save people a lot of money. Right, and and that's again a big part, and especially again as we talked about at the beginning of the show, John. If prices are coming off a little bit, and you're not going to be able to maximize that magic number you had hoped for, all the more reason to save yourself some money on the commission side when you when you sell your property. Well, if you think about it this way, if you're comparing what I charge at 1% realty to say a company that charges 7% on the first hundred, two and a half on the balance, right. maybe you're in the five or $600,000 category and maybe there's five or six other listings, maybe you're a townhouse somewhere and that are very similar. Well, one of the things I can offer to you is if the others are all listed at 549.9, you could, you could list yours at five. 30, and if you sold it at the same and still net the same amount of money that the neighbors did by listing higher and paying more commission. So if you're in a hurry to sell and you want to sharpen up your price, but you don't want your pocketbook to suffer, sure. I'm your guy to call. If you just want to save the money and put it in your pocket and fight it out with the rest of them at the same price range, I'm your guy to call. 604-612-0080 is the number to call the guy to call. 604-612-0080. All of it is at johnny1percent.com. If you're driving and didn't have a chance to write this down, johnny1percent.com when you have a chance to uh, to check it out. Uh, the Google search, that's very interesting that you were, uh, so obviously uh, today's consumer, you continue to repeat this on Vancouver Consumer conveniently, today's consumer is a very educated individual. They, we know how to do our homework. And uh, even Rick, who had, by the time he called you and did that Google yes. search, he had done a ton of homework. He really knew what was going on and then you, you were able to just <laughs> sort of polish off the deal for him. Well, yeah. I mean, it was actually, it was great working with you, Rick, because he had done so much homework. We went to meet and I said, hey, what do you want to talk about? And he, he pretty much already knew it. He says, John, I want to talk about price. You're my guy. Let's get it on the market. So not everybody's that quick. I'm happy to talk about all aspects of it. But with Rick, he knew what he wanted and he he got it and I was happy to be part of it. Now, let's talk about that because uh, you said his his condo property in Coquitlam sold in the below 350 range. Now, right. th- that's a number, John, that isn't, that hasn't been heard a lot in this marketplace for quite some time because, of course, all the chatter about Vancouver is on the ridiculously priced houses on the North Shore and on the west side of uptown. But uh, talk to us a little bit more about those affordably priced properties for especially first-time buyers. We were talking about them a few minutes ago. Where are they? Where do you go to look? Is is it all in the burbs? Well, affordability is a a very subjective thing. But, uh, yeah, I would say if if you wanted to be uh, close to the city but you were a uh, one or two income earner, a young person, maybe uh, Coquitlam's a great place to start. And the Coquitlam Center area, there's other other areas out there. Um, people for houses and townhomes for affordability will all, uh, often come out to sometimes Pitt Meadows or Maple Ridge uh, for detached houses. I mean, 700, 800,000 gets you a decent house in Maple Ridge. There's right. Mission as well. Uh, it all depends on where you want to be. Um, there's all kinds of uh, properties available now. The listings are, have, have swelled up. The number of listings to look at in all segments is better than it's been in a long time. 
time. And, uh, you know, some of these uh, more affordable properties, they're the ones that generally tend to sell a little bit quicker and a little bit stronger because the number of people that can afford them, for one thing, is greater than a higher-end property. Sure, yeah. And I think uh, a lot of times the entry-level buyer is a buyer who is more a comparison shopper. And if the time is right for me, I go to the bank, I get a pre-approval, and I pick the best one I can find in that in that affordability range. So, uh, you know, supply and demand are more balanced, where a $10 million house in Vancouver might might take a while. Indeed. And, and you talked about uh, demand. And, and it's it's important to note that every year, and we can go back to stats, can uh, numbers for decades on this, but especially in recent years, it is really safe to predict that, for example, in 2019, which we're not at quite yet, there'll be another 30,000 people who are going to want to move to Metro Vancouver. Oh. The, the demand factor never really stops for this market, does it? No. Uh, you know, that's why I'm, I have no concerns about uh, bubbles uh, bursting and people you know, going broke and the whole thing falling apart. This area is anchored by an extremely strong demand from not just sort of one segment of local people or Canadian people, but worldwide. Sure. And you know, Vancouver is the, mar- is the real estate market that sort of fuels all the rest, the Fraser Valley and throughout British Columbia. And the demand here is extremely strong. So while we're adjusting, we had one heck of a run and prices are still pretty high when you look around at the other parts of the country. But yeah, we're definitely adjusting right now. Absolutely. Now you've got a couple of new listings you wanted to include in today's broadcast uh, and uh, any open houses at all? I do. Actually, I've got an open house in Maple Ridge. Uh, this is a detached house. Uh, list price is 818, 818, 818,000. Sunday, 1 to 3 p.m., 12208, 230th Street. Down the street from Harry Hoog Elementary School, it's got a legal one-bedroom suite downstairs, three okay. bedrooms up, big fenced yard. This is family paradise. Quiet street, schools, parks, Good location, Sunday, 1 to 3, 12208, 230th Street. And that's uh, pictures on the website? Pictures on my website. Go to Johnny 1%. I've also got another new listing. This one just hit. Uh, number 415-1220 LaSalle Place, just behind Coquitlam Center. Awesome area. This is in the north top floor facing the mountains. It's quiet. It's two bedrooms. Close to SkyTrain. It's close to SkyTrain. It's got new kitchen, new floors. This one is four ninety nine nine. I think it's probably the best two-bedroom in the area under 500000 uh, I've got another one on Marpole. This is another condo in Port Coquitlam, number 403, top floor corner unit. Uh, Marpole, Port Coquitlam, it's 519.9. It's newer, it's big, it's got 11-foot ceilings. It's a really good one. We were at 545, and the seller said, let's adjust. We just dropped to 519.9 last night. So this is also another good one. And just one more notice, 23583 105th Avenue. This is a deluxe basement entry home in Maple Ridge near the Albion Sports Park. Okay. It's listed at 899. Check that one out, too, on my website. Okay, Johnny1percent.com is the website. And there's all sorts of terrific pictures on there. You can do the virtual video tour and really get into some of the prop. Do some, do some good homework in the comfort of your home sure. at johnny1percent.com. And, of course, when you're on the website, you'll also notice that grid that allows you to see exactly how much money you can save and keep when you deal with 1% Realty. 604-612-0080. He's uh, going to spring him for good behavior here in just a couple of seconds. So give him a call if you're interested in selling your home. 604. 604- 612-0080. That's John Carlson from 1% Realty. Good to see you again, John. Thanks, Sterling. See you in a couple weeks. You bet. We're back after this. 
And once again, our thanks to John Carlson from 1% Realty for another informative visit. It's important to stay on top of all the changes in the marketplace, and we're lucky to have John to keep us up to speed. Next week, we'll meet the team from My House Design Build and talk renovations. And we'll also be joined by the world-class dentists from BC Perio. It's time now for Dooley Noted, and this time around, our producer Ben Dooley has a look at an unusual climate change awareness project. Thanks, Sterling. A Vancouver Island man has gone to extreme lengths to demonstrate the effects of climate change. Curtis Bote sealed himself inside an airtight greenhouse at midnight on Wednesday. He was hoping to remain in the 10-foot by 10-foot biodome for three days, surviving only on the oxygen generated by the plants inside. If all goes well, the plants are going to produce oxygen that I can breathe, and I'm going to breathe out carbon dioxide that they're going to take in and use to grow, and hopefully we both survive. The experiment was designed to raise awareness about the impact of the increasing level of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. But it was that gas that was ultimately his undoing, says paramedic Mike Van Eyck. As it turned out, it was the carbon dioxide that was the big problem for him at getting too high. Just 14 hours after going inside, Bote emerged from the enclosure. Throughout the 14 hours, Bote shared his experience on social media platforms. His hashtag, Curtis in a Jar, gained momentum with every post. Bote will be producing a video of his experience for his YouTube channel. I'm Ben Dooley, and that's Dooley Noted. Thanks, Ben. Time for a couple more consumer quickies before we go. Dyson, the British company best known for innovative vacuum cleaners, says it will build its electric car in Singapore. The company says the manufacturing facility is due for completion in 2020. It's part of a $3 million investment in new global technology. And this year, Dyson also said it had plans to build auto test tracks at a former Royal Air Force airfield in England. The CEO of Dyson says the decision of where to make the car is complex, based on supply chains, access to markets, and the availability of the expertise that will help us achieve the ambitions. Billionaire founder James Dyson has been a prominent advocate of Britain's departure from the European Union, and some will see the move as a bad omen for UK manufacturing. This will definitely not help to end the uncertainty surrounding Brexit either. Welcome news for Scotch lovers and fans of fine spirits. The Hopscotch Festival is coming back for its 23rd year next month. The festival will take place November 19th through 25 at various venues all over town again, but the big event is the Grand Tasting Hall at the PNE Forum on the final weekend, November 23rd and 24th, for pairings of food with well over 100 brands of beers, wines, and whiskeys. Tickets for that one range from $65.99 or $125, depending on your capacity to uh, enjoy. Interestingly, there's a smoking area as well. Wonder how that's going to work out this year. Lots more info at hopscotchfestival.com. And Whistler Blackcomb has announced its opening day for the ski season ahead and it's coming up fast. Thursday, November 22nd is opening day. And yes, it's been snowing up top since mid-September and that's always a good sign for a great season. Over 200 runs and the new Blackcomb gondola await you. Tickets and pass info, of course, at whistlerblackcomb.com. And that is
That is our show for today, produced by Ben Dooley with Andrew Ferreira at the controls. We appreciate your feedback, and if you have any thoughts or suggestions for the show, please send them along to sterling at cknw.com or tweet us at vanconsumer. Next week, home renovations and more from the fast-changing world of dentistry, and we hope you'll be with us. I'm Sterling Fox. Join us again next Saturday at 2 for another edition of Vancouver Consumer, right here on 980 CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.